good to see everyone out again tonight. If you'll stand with me, we're going to sing Love Lifted Me. I love that message and song when nothing else could help love lifted me and I think about that verse souls in danger look above Jesus completely saves it's not that he halfway saves or he'll save you some of the way and then in the end you're going to be lost which is what we deserve no but when he saves us we're completely saved saved for all eternity and we don't deserve it but thank God for his grace and that's a great reminder you know, to come to church tonight and be reminded about how he's lifted us up. We were in danger. Uh, we were sinking. It's not that we are, are messed up, though we are. Uh, we need to understand tonight that we are fallen and we're flawed and all of that. But it's, it's worse than that. We are dead, needing to be brought back to life. I mean, we, we, that's what God does. He works and makes us alive spiritually and, 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 and brings us from death to life. And and uh, th that's why when we're baptized, as, as we uh, become believers, we make a profession of faith. And uh, the watery grave and the baptismal, it reminds us that our old life remains in the grave. But praise God, we're raised to a new life in Christ Jesus. And we're going to celebrate believers' baptism next Sunday morning. And I'm excited about that. It's always great to come out here during the week and to, to fill up the baptistry and, and to prepare for uh, for baptism and I'm excited about that also uh, next Sunday morning we'll be uh, having deacon ordination and uh, we had a had a great time together in our ordination council with Gabe Whitmire and and uh, just it was a real blessing and I'm looking forward uh, to that uh, this coming Sunday so we rejoice in that and and thank God for what he's doing God is God is so good and he completely saves all the way when we were in danger and we were sinking uh, he lifted us up by his love and and I praise his name for that tonight. And I want to remind you about that. He did that for you uh, if you're a Christian here tonight. And if you're not a Christian and, um, and, and you're not sure tonight, why not just go ahead and nail it down. And uh, let's trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Be the best day of your life for the rest of your life. You'll have the peace and the joy of the Lord. And he'll be with you every step of the way. He's promised to never leave us and never forsake us. So I just give his name praise for that tonight. And I'm glad to see you tonight. I'm so thankful uh, for this opportunity to meet together and, and the bright sunshine still outside. And, and uh, I'm so thankful uh, 
for the Lord's many blessings on us, the sunshine in our souls uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can come and gather tonight to worship Him. I'm glad that you're with us. Those of you that are online, uh, we're delighted you're joining us as well. And I do want to remind our young at heart that we're going to be meeting on Tuesday. And I finally got it all settled and straight in my mind. Uh, we're going to meet on Tuesday. And if you would, just let Miss Roselle know by Monday. Uh, she mentioned to me she may not be back tonight, but just contact her and let her know. And um, then we'll meet together um, at 1045 on Tuesday to go to the lighthouse. And I believe it was David sent me a text and told me I needed to try the, what kind of grits was that? The tra is it trout grits or something like that? I, I don't know. Um, but I, but, uh, but I, I appreciate those kind of texts. You know, hey, you need to try this. This is good. And, uh, but I'm excited and uh, looking forward to being with our young at heart. It's a beautiful location there on the point on the lake. And um, it's going to be a great time of lunch. And, and so you join us on Tuesday. I want to remind you about that. And then, men, don't forget um, about our men's night coming up on August the 30th. If you haven't signed up, please go ahead and do that. And if, if God lays somebody on your heart, think about somebody you can invite. Uh, I know the question has come up on our, our Facebook page. I had not had a chance to, um, to answer it yet. Brian was sharing with me. Someone asked, is this uh, for the public? Absolutely. Uh, the more the merrier. And uh, we just need to know they're coming. So, um, so let's reach out and invite friends. And, and Jamie's going to be coming. And uh, has a tremendous ministry. He has a, a camp. And, um, and, and he ministers to, uh, to students, those that have gotten into trouble and things. And... Uh, he has a great ministry. He also has a men's ministry as well, and um, he's going to be ministering to us. And God's blessed him with a wonderful brand-new smoker. He calls it uh, Ironhide, and he'll be bringing that, and, uh, and we'll be smoking those ribs for us. And he's also got some, uh, some axe targets he's going to be bringing, and um, we'll have a great time together, a good fellowship. And, I mean, what, what's, what, what's more uh, of a blessing than gathering with, with a group of men, throwing axes and smoking ribs, and, uh, and having a great time, good fellowship together in the Lord. So uh, be a part of it. I want to remind you about that um, August the 30th. And um, so uh, as we pray tonight, uh, let's, let's please continue to remember our school district and our students and faculty staff and, and, and all that's involved with our school district. Also this area, uh, we prayed as we uh, uh, finished our ordination council, we prayed for our community, for our church family, that God uh, would have mercy on us and that God would put a hedge of protection about us. And so um, we, we want to remember each of them uh, tonight. But uh, let's join our hearts together in prayer. And um, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Jerry, if you would, brother, would you voice our prayer? Lead us in prayer tonight as we go to the Lord. and grits just doesn't set with me but that's each to his own <laughs> if you'll stand with me for our offertory all the way my savior leads me
thank this wonderful day we had today and thank you for all of us tonight Lord, in the, in the house of God we ask you to be with those uh, still traveling Sunday Lord and dealing with the new COVID cases we're having there Father we ask you to pray look over each and every one of us and try not to let this pray that we don't let this uh, happen like we had last year Lord let's, let's, let's put a hand on each and every one of us in this, in this virus and let's, let's, let's fight it and put it away there Lord we ask you to be with our school kids, your Lord, as they're fighting this as well and going to class and dealing with the uh, in and out and virtual, your Lord, and our teachers, their Father. And we ask you for everything you've done for us, and we ask you to, to bless our tithes and offerings that we've to receive and let it be used to glorify your name. Amen. grateful for that and you know as I think about how much we need the Lord we need him more than we realize and um, I'm grateful that he's with us and this is a song that that Valerie and I sang on on Wednesday night and uh, and she didn't know that we were going to do this and um, but um, but I, I just felt led to uh, to share this with you tonight uh, we're going to look at one of my favorite portions of scripture tonight in J- uh, Judges chapter 6 and um the, the angel of the Lord, God himself, appeared to Gideon, who was kind of, you know, hiding. And, and uh, God's people, you know, they were kind of in a downward spiral. And they had, uh, had been fleeing from God. And, or not really fleeing from God, but they were far from God because of their disobedience. And, and as a result of that, they were, they were, you know, they were suffering, going through times of difficulty. Um, which, you know, I shared this morning with Ezekiel. You know, that was the case with the people of God. They were... They were in exile, uh, Babylonian captivity. They were suffering because they weren't trusting God like they should. And, and that's what happens, you know, when we don't honor God like we should, we suffer. It never goes good for us when we don't honor God. We don't trust Him like we should. And the reality is, is we need Him. We need Him more than we could possibly comprehend. And, and I know that we know that we need Him, but uh, we need Him a whole lot more than we realize in our, in our fallen sinful uh, flesh. So... Um, I want to sing this tonight to remind us of our need uh, for the Lord. And the thing is, when you think about Gideon, Gideon was surprised at how God called him a mighty man of valor. And the reason for that is, is that God saw the potential of what he could be if he would surrender and trust and obey the Lord. And how true is that for us? If we'll surrender and trust God, the sky's the limit of what God can do in and through us. And and, uh, and, and if we'll just surrender to him and trust him and obey him, oh, how we need him tonight. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more Yesterday I need you more More than words can say I need you more Than ever before I need you Lord I need you Lord More than the air I breathe 
more than the song I sing, more than the next heartbeat, more than anything, and Lord, as time goes by, I'll be by your side, cause I never want to go back to my old life. I need you more, more than yesterday, I need you more, more than words can say, I need you more, than ever before, I need you more, I need you Lord. thankful for that tonight the reality of how much we need him and then the assurance that God's word gives us that when we draw near to God that he will draw near to us and I'm so thankful for that and um, when I think about the demands of life it can be overwhelming and then you, you think about wanting to honor God in a world that doesn't honor God uh, it's not popular to honor God Especially is that there's an increasing, um, you know, resistance that you find in this, in this world when anyone strives to honor God. It's not understood in this world. And I'm grateful that, that what God calls us to do, He doesn't call us to do that by our own strength. And if you want to live by your own strength, go ahead, but it'll wear you out. <laughs> but I'm thankful for the help of God, the faithfulness of God. And uh, when we're overwhelmed... He is available, and He satisfies, and He's enough, and He will lift us up. We think about what um, uh, what what First uh, Peter tells us that that if if we will um, humble ourselves under the strong, mighty hand of God, that in due season Peter says He will lift us up, He will exalt us, or He will lift us up by His grace in due season, and of course. I'm sure as Peter wrote that, he probably was thinking about when God did just that for him, when he needed to be lifted up. And um, all of us, at some point, were in danger. We were sinking, as we just sang about. But love lifted us. And God is faithful, not to just save us, but he's with us all the way. And he will deliver us again and again and again. Just like he did uh, for his people that we're going to look at here, a portion of Scripture in Judges chapter 6. And I want to preach to you tonight a message entitled, God Delivers Again, in Judges chapter 6. We're going to focus on uh, verses 11 through 17 tonight. And if you're familiar with the book of Judges, you know that it began after the death of Joshua, uh, during a time of victory and conquest and inheritance of the land, which was promised by Jehovah. God had, had made that promise. Joshua decided to divide the land according to the tribes, meaning that each tribe was responsible for their allotted land. Israel had forgotten their covenant with God to not worship other gods and idols. They had, had turned away from the Lord. And I'm sure it didn't happen overnight, but isn't that how it happens? It's a slow fade, and uh, they had turned away from God. They were even worshiping idols. They'd also forgotten that their king was the Lord. Uh, so they wanted to be like other nations and have their own king. Well, see, they were supposed to be different. That was not supposed to be God's plan. These other nations, yeah, they elected a king and they, they had a king. Uh, but that wasn't supposed to be the case for the people of God. They were supposed to stand out and be different. Because their king was the true and living God. The great creator. And God was going to guide and protect his people. But they were looking around and they wanted to be like everybody else. And we never, you know, we'll never find satisfaction when we are fascinated by the world and we're drawn away and we're letting the world influence us and, and we, des we decide to want to be like the world. That was the case. They'd forgotten that God was their king. And how sad it was in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 7, God's word of his people uh, to Samuel was, listen to all the people that are saying to you, it is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Isn't that, isn't that so sad that the people that God himself had chosen 
they didn't want God as their king. So God tells Samuel, just, just let them have what they want. It's not you they've rejected, but they've rejected me. And we can learn a lesson from that. Maybe when we're trying to uh, witness to somebody or we're trying to share Christ with somebody, don't take it personal when they reject. It's not you that they're rejecting. Uh, they're rejecting the Lord. And that was the case here for Samuel and, and, and for the people of God. They wanted to be like the other nations of the world and, and have, have a king like them. Throughout the time of Judges, there was a continued cycle. And we call it a downward spiral. It's rebellion from God, retribution as a result of that rebellion, and then repentance. When the people of God would suffer because they rebelled against God, and God would, would bring suffering on them, even using pagan nations, they then would repent and they would turn back to God, and then guess what would happen? They would be restored. They would be delivered again. And so that happened over and over again, especially in the book of Judges. If you're familiar with the book of Judges, there was that rebellion, retribution, repentance, and then restoration. The same cycle over and over again, even in the book of Judges, some six or seven times. You know, we think about that and say, well, you would think after three or four times the people of God would get it right. But we're no different, aren't we? I mean, there's times that maybe we're not right with God or we stray from the Lord. And yet every time God will deliver us. Well, here in Judges chapter 6, uh, in the first six verses, we find the distress of, of Israel. They, they were in this, this time of distress. But then in verses 7 through 10, they were disobedient to the Lord. And then guess what happens in verses 11 through 24? They were delivered. God is always faithful. So I want to begin tonight in, in this portion of being delivered. I want us to see in uh, verses 11 through 17... Uh, as we consider the fact that God delivers again and again and again and again. I'm so thankful for a God of second chances, aren't you? I mean, the times that we fail, the times that we turn away from God, we navigate away from God. We don't mean to, but sometimes it just happens. And, and I shared this, and we were talking about this in our ordination council, that we have to discipline ourselves spiritually to pray and to read the Word of God. Because if we don't do that, we don't, we're not intentional in, in our walk with God, in prayer and devotion, then we're going to get distant from God. And then we're going to get further away from God. And then we find ourselves that we're not as close to God as we once were. And when that happens, then, uh, then, then we suffer. And, and I'm grateful that when we turn back to God, He's always there to receive us. He delivers us. And uh, we find that here. So I want to encourage us tonight from Judges chapter 6 and be reminded that God delivers Again, So I want us to see in verses 11 through 13, first of all, the Lord's perspective is often different from ours. As uh, you know, a lot of times we find in the book of Judges when the people of God would turn away from God and, and then God would judge them and the people would suffer, God would rise up, well, would raise up a warrior or a champion that would defeat the pagan nations that was causing the people of God to suffer. Well, we kind of see that here as God is now called... Uh, calling uh, Gideon and raising up Gideon. And, he, and the Lord's perspective was certainly different from Gideon's perspective. We've got to understand that God's so much higher and greater than we are that his perspective a lot of times is not going to be like ours. It's going to be different from ours. And we see that here with, with uh, Gideon. Uh, look with me in verse 11 as, as we begin. Gideon, uh, or Judges chapter 6. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizurite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress, notice this, in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Oh, the perspective and how different the Lord's was from Gideon's. Maybe we can relate tonight as we begin. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We know that it is true. We never have to open your word and wonder if we can follow and apply your word to our life and wonder if it will guide us into truth. God, your word is truth. And in fact, tonight, Lord, as I have just read from your word, 
we have heard from the mouth of God. And what a privilege and an honor that that is. And Lord, I pray that you'll encourage your church tonight. God, help us tonight, Lord, to appreciate the fact, Lord, that though your perspective is different from ours, Lord, you can do great things through us if we'll only trust and believe in you. Lord, you will deliver us again and again. I thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray tonight that you will help us and teach us and encourage us as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you look at verse 11, you see right off the bat there the angel of the Lord. Well, who is that as, as, we, as we begin here? The angel of the Lord is not a created being. But I want you to know that it is God himself appearing to Gideon. Gideon's threshing was done by a wine press. Instead of, of a normal location of an exposed area where the wind would separate the chaff. I mean, you get the, the picture of a, of a windy hill, if you will. That was a great place for, uh, for threshing uh, wheat. And, um, and, and, and there you could thresh and, and you would throw it up in the air and the wind would separate uh, the, uh, the chaff. And, and that's not where uh, Gideon was at. And we find that he was hiding. Kind of reminds me when, when Adam and Eve, you know, they were there in, 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 the, in the Garden of Eden and, and they had perfection. Um, but then something happened and they sinned. And what were they doing? They were hiding, almost like a little child. You know, a, a little child will, uh, will love to go to mommy and daddy. But then when they do something wrong, what do they do? They, 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 they kind of hide. And so here I, I find Gideon, he's, he's threshing there in, in, in verse 11, and, and the Lord himself came and, and, uh, and appeared to Gideon. And uh, while he was threshing wheat in the wine press, he was hiding it from the Midianites. I, I just I think of hiding, and I think of, of how the people of God were suffering. The Israelites had suffered for seven years to the Midianites because they again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. That's a, repeat, a repeated phrase that you find in the book of Judges. The people did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I wonder, what about us tonight? As we examine our hearts and lives, can we say that we are doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord, or are we doing evil in the eyes of the Lord? And again, it never goes good for us when we do what's right in our own eyes. Man has his way. The Bible says that, you know, that, that we think about what is right unto man, but that ends in damnation, the Bible says. And so uh, we better make sure that we do what's right in the, the Lord's eyes and that we uh, come under the authority of God's Word and we surrender and submit to the Lord and, and we apply God's Word to our life and hear the people of God. They had turned from the Lord. They didn't remember the covenant and they were uh, worshiping even idols. And for seven years, the Midianites, uh, they, they were suffering under the hand of the Midianites because they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now the Midianites would sweep into the valley of Jezreel at harvest time, helping themselves to animals and crops. What a shame for the people of God. I mean, if you were to look back at, at verses 3 through 6, you would, you would see that, how they would sweep in and just help themselves to whatever that they wanted. They were greatly impoverished, the people of God, because of the Midianites and also the Amalekites, all these ites causing the people of God to suffer. Why? wasn't God's fault. It was their fault. They were suffering because they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And, um, and so they were greatly impoverished and they were suffering. They needed to be delivered. That's what they needed. Delivered by the hand of God. Maybe that's us tonight. Maybe we're not where we need to be with the Lord. We're not as close to God as we need to be. Maybe we've been doing what's right in our own eyes instead of what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And what we need more than anything is the hand of God to deliver us. And the children of Israel, they once again cried out to God as they did time and again. And then we see here, in, in, uh, we continue reading that the Lord is with thee. I mean, I mean look at this again. Uh, Gideon is, is uh, he's threshing wheat at the wine press. And then in, uh, in verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, God himself, and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Well, God says, he reminds Gideon, I'm with you. That was God's word to Gideon as, as he was in hiding and as the people of God were suffering because they were distant from the Lord. They did what was right in their own eyes instead of doing what was right 
in the Lord's eyes. And the Lord's first word was, the Lord is with you. And I want to remind you in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 that we have the word of God that tells us that God has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. God is with you. He is faithful. Now, if you're not close to the Lord as you once were, it's not that God has moved. God has not gone anywhere. But we have gotten distant from the Lord. Well, what, what do we do when that happens? Well, we need to come back to where we once were. And, and God will, will deliver us. And, uh, and God will allow us to come back. I'm grateful for that. I'm sure I'm looking at a congregation of folks that when, when you needed to get right with God... Uh, God was faithful. And if you confessed your sin, He was faithful to do what He said He would do. Faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the word to uh, Gideon was, the Lord is with you. I mean, they had been suffering uh, by the hands of the Midianite for, for seven years. And God says, I'm with you. Maybe that's what you need to be reminded about right now. You know, those watching online, maybe, maybe we're not where we need to be with God. First thing that I see that God tells Gideon is, I'm with you. God hasn't left you. We might desert him, but he's not going to desert us. He's faithful. God says, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I love the Amplified Version. I encourage you, you know, if you, if you want a parallel Bible, I encourage you to get a King James and an Amplified, or get a New King James and an Amplified. I mean, I, I preach out of the New King James, but the Amplified Version is kind of like a version that has a word study takes the original language and it and it shares with you uh, based on the original language and, and definitions and, and and it shares more information with you and so listen to this in Hebrews 13 uh, in, in verse 5 this is the amplified version of the latter part of Hebrews 13 and verse 5 I will not I will not I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a little bit more deeper than just God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But when you consider the original Koine Greek language that we find in the New Testament, we're reminded uh, how it's emphatic that God will not, will not, will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, let you down, relax his hold on you, assuredly not. The Word of God assures us that wherever we are in our walk with God, whether we're close to Him or whether we've strayed away, God will never leave us. Somebody say, Amen. So the first thing that God assures Gideon is that He's with him. Well, we'll see that Gideon didn't have that perspective, but that was the Lord's perspective. And you might, you might share that perspective of Gideon. Where are you at, Lord? What's going on? It seems like that you're a thousand miles away. If you're even that, if you're even with me, if you even care, as I shared this morning from Ezekiel, maybe maybe we have some questions tonight. What's going on? Why, Lord? Why? It just seems like that that you don't care. Well, God's perspective. I can tell you, if you're a child of God, He hasn't left you, and He is with you. You may not be able to to feel Him, and 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 you may not be able uh, to sense that, but He is with you. We can't trust our feelings, and so God tells. Uh, Gideon something that's different from Gideon's perspective I am with you but he also says something that that is, is even more surprising uh, not only is God with you he says you mighty man of valor <laughs> mighty man of valor means one who is fearless strong and brave strength and has courage does that sound like a man that's threshing and hiding not wanting to, the, the Midianites to see he's in fear you know, for all these years, they've been suffering at the hand of the Midianites. And here's Gideon, and he's, he's living fearful, and he's threshing this wheat in hiding. Is he fearless and strong and brave and has courage? It doesn't sound like the Gideon that I'm reading about here. And it even took Gideon by surprise. And you say, why is that, Lord? Why, or, or why is that that the Lord had a different perspective of Gideon that Gideon even had of himself? I mean, my goodness. You would think if anybody uh, knew who they really were, it would be Gideon. I just want you to know tonight, folks, that God knows you better than you know yourself. And you know what? God sees the potential in you just like he saw in Gideon. Gideon didn't yet recognize it, but God saw what Gideon could be. When I think about that, 
I oftentimes say, Lord, what do you see in me? What am I holding back? What is it that you could do through me if I would just completely surrender everything to you? What is it, God, that you could do through me? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that, but God's got a perspective of you tonight. And, and you might wonder, what can God do through me? Well, God sees the potential of what He can do through you if you will surrender, trust, and obey Him. Gideon didn't see what the Lord saw. Didn't even realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Didn't even realize who he was encountering. Notice Gideon's response in verse 13. I, I love this. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I mean, Gideon says, If the Lord's with us, why are we so oppressed? Why are we suffering by the Midianites? All this is happening to us. If God is really with us, where is the Lord who did the miraculous things that our forefathers talked about? Where's that God at? The God that led our people out of Egypt, where is He at if the Lord is with us? Where is the Lord who brought us out of Egypt? The Lord has forsaken us. Is that really what happened? <laughs> that was Gideon's perspective. Gideon's perspective was, we're suffering and I'm in hiding. I'm certainly not a man of valor, not a man of strength, uh, not a man of courage, fearless and brave. That's, that's not who I am. And why? And Gideon says, because God has left us. Our perspective may not seem the way that God's is, but God's perspective is always true and right. And, and to Gideon, God had left and forsaken them. In a sense, that's true. But why did God do that? Because they forsook the Lord. So Gideon's kind of throwing it back on the Lord. It's your fault. You say all this. Where, where, is, where is God? Seems to me like we're, we've been suffering. We, but what happened to the God that did all these great miracles our forefathers told us about? Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and, and you can remember a time when, when walking with God was sweet. And, and you can remember a time when... Uh, when you prayed and when you were close to God and, and you remember it was like the good old days, but now it's like, you know, where is all that? Maybe you've heard talk from, from parents or grandparents or great-grandparents about the good old days. And, and we might think that God has, has, has deserted us. But the first message to Gideon was, I am with you. And the next message was, you're a mighty man of valor. Well, Gideon's perspective was not that way. Gideon obviously didn't hear the prophet's explanation back in verse 8. Go back up with me to verses 8 through 10. Notice this. The Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Do you see that? The last part of verse 10 makes it very clear. It wasn't that God had deserted them, but notice, notice what happened. Notice that um, they had not obeyed the voice. So when God says, do not fear the gods of the Amorites in the land that you dwell. That was on, on a condition that they would obey the voice of God. If you and I will obey the Lord, if we will trust God, even when nobody else is. I think about that great hymn, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, I still will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus. You follow Him if nobody else is. Let's, let's obey the voice of the Lord and we'll have the strength of God, the power and blessing of God. And that's, that's, that's what didn't happen for the people of God. They did what was right in their own eyes and they did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. They didn't obey the voice of God. And so here they are, they're suffering. And the prophet's explanation was very clear here in verses 8 through 10. Also, the law of the harvest is still true in 2021. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We can't sow wild oats and then pray for a crop failure. doesn't work that way. We reap what we sow. And if I don't trust God, if I don't obey the Lord, and if I don't honor God, then I don't need to think that God's going to bless. Matter of fact, the psalmist was so bold as to say that if I regard iniquity in my heart, in other words, if I have sin in my heart, disobedience in my heart, that God won't even hear my prayers. And that might be why so many Christians today are far from God. They're just not right with God. That's why we need revival. You know, we, we just like taking a shower. I can take a shower today, but I guarantee you I need to take one tomorrow. And, and, and certainly by, by Wednesday I need to take one. I mean, we, need, we just need a, uh, we go out into this world, we get beat up and we're bombarded with temptation and, and, and all the, the difficulties of life. And there's just times that we just need to go to the Lord and we need to get right with God and we need to pray and we need to honor God and trust the Lord. And when we don't do that, it's not that God has deserted us. We've deserted the Lord. Sin and disobedience to the Lord always leads to suffering and sorrow and regret every time. So here's the people of God. They're suffering the hands of the Midianites. The very ones that, that the Lord said, you don't need to fear. The land that you're in, don't fear them. But they didn't obey the Lord. Now they're living in fear. And that's what happens. I'll tell you the times that I have regret in my life, it's not when I obey God. It's not when I honor God. It's when I don't honor Him. And, it, and it's when I, when I participate in something or, or I, I do something that doesn't honor God. That's, that's where the regret comes in. The people of God are suffering because they weren't living in obedience. And so, you know, the angel of the Lord, God Himself, appears to Gideon. A Christophany. God Himself appears to Gideon and says, I'm with you. Oh, the grace of God. I mean, if it were me, I'd have given up on me a long time ago. And if it were me, I'd have given up on the United States of America. Uh, I, and God may already, we may be, uh, we, may, we may be just in, enduring the judgment of God, what we deserve even today. I mean, I, I don't know. But I know that when God's people, who are called by His name, when we will humble ourselves, as the Word of God says, and we will turn from our wicked ways, we humble and we, we look to the Lord, that He will bring healing. And here, the Lord appears to Gideon. It was the Lord that initiated this. It wasn't Gideon calling out for God. The Lord went to Gideon and says, I'm with you. And God is faithful. God is with us all the way. So even though the Lord's perspective is different than our own, His commands don't change because our hope is in Him. Now notice this. Though Gideon didn't get it, we're going to look in verses 14 through 17, it didn't mean that God changed. And if you and I don't get it, we don't need to ask God to come to us on our terms. We need to come to Him on His terms. We need to align ourselves with the Lord. And, and He doesn't change. But when we align ourselves, then He'll give us hope and He'll give us strength. And that's what Gideon needed. That's what the people of God needed. So secondly, I want you to see tonight that the Lord commands, His commands doesn't change because our hope is in His strength. Now in these verses... There's no doubt that this was no ordinary visitor. It's not a created being. It's not an angel. It was God himself, though Gideon was slow to recognize. Look with me in verse 14 as we continue. Then the Lord turned to him and said, you notice that the Lord, uh, capital L-O-R-D, that's Jehovah God. Jehovah himself, the Lord, turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. So Gideon is slow to recognize the Lord has spoken, and uh, he commanded Gideon to go and was sending him as he sent Moses. 
The same God, the same Lord that sent Moses, the same Lord that would later send Isaiah. I just want to remind you back in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12, the Lord told Moses, he said, certainly I will be with you. That's what makes all the difference in the world is to have the presence of the Lord. And then in Isaiah uh, chapter 6 and verses 8 and 9, I heard the voice of the Lord, Isaiah says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. And the Lord said, go. The same God that sent Moses, the same God that sent Isaiah the prophet is now telling Gideon to go. The Lord wasn't sending Gideon to trust in Gideon's own strength and power. Gideon's strength was not his own. And I think Gideon would tell you that. <laughs> he, he was in fear. He didn't agree that he was a man of courage and a man of valor. And you might say, well, I just wish I had that promise that the Lord would be with me. You know, if God would just appear to me like He appeared to Gideon, then I would know that God is with me. I wish I had that promise. And again, as I reminded you this morning, you do as a child of God. You have that promise. Matter of fact, turn back with me to the Gospel of John chapter 14. I, I want you to see this with me. John's Gospel uh, chapter 14. I want to give you a chance uh, to, uh, to turn there because I, I want to take time uh, for us to see this tonight. John's Gospel, chapter uh, 14. We know that Jesus would soon be leaving his, his disciples and, and uh, he was sharing with them the truth uh, that, that he would be leaving them. But notice what he says in, uh, in verses 16 through 20 of John's Gospel, chapter 14. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Notice that's capital H, helper. That he may abide with you. For how long? Forever. The Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Jesus makes a promise to his disciples, a promise of the Holy Spirit that will be with them. When he goes and ascends back to the Father, and we know that exactly is what happened at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and, uh, and, 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 uh, and took residence in the hearts of the believers. And, and so now, uh, after that, as believers, it's not that God is alongside of us, he himself is within us. He's with us, and we have that promise. Matter of fact, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For by one Spirit, capital S, the Apostle Paul says, by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Uh, Paul talks about being baptized with the Spirit. What does that mean? That means that the moment that you place your faith in Christ, that the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in your heart. The Holy Spirit is with you. God Himself is with you. We have the same promise as believers in Christ today that Gideon received by God Himself when God said, I am with you. The Lord is with us. He's faithful. The Lord promised Gideon victory over the Midianites. If you'll go back with me to Judges chapter 6. Uh, the Lord has, has promised this victory. Look at verse 15. So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. What was it that Gideon was saying? I'm the weakest man. I'm the weakest. Why would you come to me? There's a lot of other stronger individuals that you could, that you could come to. He hadn't recognized yet who the visitor was, that this was God himself. Gideon continues to be skeptical. He felt inadequate because his family's low standing, their low social status. Our inadequacies doesn't cancel out God's ability. Isn't that good news tonight? I mean, when, when we're insufficient, He's sufficient. And by the way, we're all insufficient. Uh, we, we all we, will fail. We can't do it on our own. Uh, Gideon was the youngest in his family. Our limitations doesn't cancel out God's unlimited strength. When you think about Gideon saying, I'm the weakest or I'm the youngest in my family, is there one individual that, that you're reminded about in the Scriptures tonight? 
David. You know, they're, they're looking for the next king of Israel. And so Jesse pulls out all the sons, and, and, uh, and the youngest one, you know, he's, he's a shepherd boy in the fields. So he's going through, no, he, not him, not him. And is, isn't there another one? And it's like they've already counted him out. We didn't put him in the lineup because he's a young shepherd boy. He's out tending, you know, the flock, but that was God's man. You see, you see God sees the potential of what we can be if we'll surrender and obey Him. It's not that God tries to find the strongest and, and, the, and, the, and the best, you know, because that's something that, that's an obstacle to God using us. If I think I'm strong and I think I'm somebody, how in the world can God use me? I'm not going to look to Him. I'm going to trust in myself, and that's, that's not who God is looking for. God was all that Gideon needed. And he's all that we need today. Gideon had a hard time understanding and getting it. The Lord reaffirmed his plan to Gideon in verse 16. Surely he's going to be with him, the Lord says. Gideon then will defeat or he will strike the Midianites. Now the word for defeat means that he will beat or even uh, slay or kill. And the phrase, as one man... I mean, it, it, it believes that he will conquer them as easily as if it was just one man doing it. That they will all fall because of, of his victorious strike that he will give against the whole nation of the, of the Midianites. How is this possible? One man? Well, let's go back to David again. Here's this, this Goliath. I mean, nine feet, six inches tall. Have you ever seen a man nine feet, six inches tall? Well, that's how tall Goliath was. That's just four inches from a 10-foot basketball goal. I, I just can't imagine because that goal looks so far from me. <laughs> I reach up and I try. I can barely touch the net, you know. But I can't imagine this giant coming out. And all the people of God were insulted by what this giant was saying. And he was hurling insults at them and their God. And nobody would do anything about it. Here comes little David. They said, we need to put all this armor on you. And um, have you ever seen a little boy that's like five or six years old and maybe they go to a football game, high school football game, and afterwards maybe they'll put the shoulder pads on and, and maybe they'll put the helmet. And he's, he's doing all this, you know. I remember um, when, when Michael's one year of trying football, um, I remember uh, when, when they gave him his he, – he was so excited to get his – his shoulder pads and his helmet and, and everything. And, and so we go down, to the, we get all that stuff that's been issued. We go to practice, and man, uh, they've got, since they got the equipment on, they're just, they're just starting to hit and all this. And, and, and I thought, I don't know if my son's ready, but, I, but I'm out there trying to get his helmet on. And, and the shoulder pads are so, they're like right here, and I'm trying to push the helmet down to get it on, and I take the chin strap, and I finally get the chin strap strapped, and the shoulder pads are up here, and it just, this is not working, you know. And, and, and so, um, so anyway, I, I told Michael, I said, look, I said, well, I'll, I'll go buy you a helmet, because the helmet, you could take the helmet, and you could turn it sideways, you know, on, on his head. And, and, um, and so I went, and I remember... Uh, pretty expensive, you know, helmet, but Michael loved the helmet. And I thought, okay, he's good. With the first practice was a disaster. But now that he's got his own helmet, you know, and uh, it was a cool helmet and, and everything, and, and, it, and, and he, he, he loved it, he enjoyed But we get to practice, and here we are again. We're out in the parking lot, shoulder pads up to here. The helmet fits good now, and he's got a cool-looking helmet. And, and then, you know, tears began to, to come up. He didn't want to go to practice, and, and so... I didn't, I, you know, normally I, I, make, I, make, I tell my kids, you, you're not going to quit. Um, and, and my dad always told me that. And, uh, you know, not going to quit. You start it, you're going to finish it. But in that situation, things are not fitting, and, um, and it was a bad experience. So we didn't, I didn't make him do that. But I remember getting home, and Michael's like, Dad, can we keep the helmet? Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to take that thing back. You're, you're not going to use it. But I think about that. And here's little David. And, and nobody will say anything to Goliath. He's hurling insults. And, and, um, and so they, they talk about the armor. They try to put this armor on David, and, and it's not going to work. And, and David's like, you know, you come at me, you know, by, by your strength, but I come at you in the name of the Lord Jehovah, the Jehovah God. David takes, he only needs one stone, but he takes those stones, and, and all it took was one. The, why, what was the difference? This little boy took out this, this huge giant. It's the power of God. 
God can do more through us than we could possibly do ourselves. I'm telling you, the sky's the limit if we'll just surrender to God and honor God and take seriously our walk with God. If we'll just honor the Lord and surrender to Him, God will do more than we could ever think. That's why Paul said in Ephesians um, that He will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. I think about the potential of what First Baptist Church can be. If we'll just love God, get right with God, take God's Word seriously, apply it to our life, God says, you mighty man of valor, I'm with you. You're a hero. You're a... Uh, you're a giant. You're brave. You're a mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon is slow to understand this. But God says, with one strike as one man, you will conquer the whole nation. The whole, what is it? Uh, Gideon was, was fully outnumbered. You know, all the, all the Midianites versus Gideon. He's highly outnumbered. But when God's on your side, that's a, that's a majority, praise the Lord. And if he's on our side, he makes the difference. As one man, it reminds me of the Battle of Armageddon at the last day when, uh, when, when Satan is going to, when Lucifer is, is going to try to mount up one last revolt against the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are those that think it's going to be this long, drawn-out battle between two heavyweights. But I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ is the authority. And, he, and, and, and the devil's no match for him. He, he can run us over, but he can't run over our Lord and Savior, our elder brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we believe and trust in. And Jesus is basically going to say, drop dead. It's going to be over. He'll cast Lucifer, Satan. He'll cast him into the lake of fire. What, the power of God, that's the same power that, that you and I rely on. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel defeated or you don't understand your circumstance or maybe your perspective is not a mighty man or woman of God well God see, that's what God sees in you not because of your potential or your ability but because of his God is able the Lord affirmed Gideon that he was faithful and able to take care of his situation and the suffering from the Midianites one man one strike and they'll be defeated we trust in the true and living God and he's all-powerful the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave. That's who we believe in. That's who we trust in. God chose Gideon to bring victory and to redeem his people again. Gideon says, show me a sign. Are we like that? You know, we, 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 we lack faith. Gideon wants a sign, but God has already spoke. And what God has said, the best thing we can do is trust and obey. And we'll be happy in Jesus. We'll enjoy the strength and the power of of God. Let's rely on Him. God never expects us to go by our own strength. But His strength makes a difference. And I, I'm sure I'm looking at a congregation tonight. You have experienced that strength that I'm talking about. God has brought you so far. But sometimes something can happen. Like I talked about something unexpected this morning. Something can happen and it can take our attention away. And I wonder this morning, where are we? Are we where we need to be with God? Maybe you're watching online. Are you where you need to be with God? Here's the good news. God sees potential in you that probably would blow you away if you would know it. We would probably say, are you serious, Lord? Really? Me? God sees the potential of what is possible when we trust and obey Him. So let's turn to Him and let's trust Him this morning. I don't know what difficulties you're facing and I don't know what circumstances you're, you're enduring right now, but I know this, God is able. God is faithful. If it seems like God has left, He hasn't. Let's let God deliver us again tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank You in Jesus' name that You are faithful. Lord, perhaps tonight someone needed to hear that You are with them. God is with us. Lord, you've promised to never leave us and never forsake us. Lord, we might have navigated away from you. We might have gotten distant from you, but I thank you that you have never left or forsaken us. And the reality is, Lord, that, that we might be struggling. We may not be where we need to be tonight because we just not simply honored you like we should. But Lord, the potential that you see in us, oh God, help us to see it. Give us a perspective tonight that we need. And Lord, may we surrender and say yes to you tonight. 
So what a relief, Lord, when we deliver all, everything over to you. And then you will deliver us when we do that. We thank you, Lord. Would you do that tonight? Help us, Lord. Just like this, this great hymn reminds us tonight. The things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Would that happen to someone tonight? When we turn our eyes upon you, may we do that in Jesus' name and trust you. Amen. Would you stand together as Donna leads us in this hymn of invitation? What a great message in song. I pray that we'll respond tonight. The altar is open. I would love, I'd be honored to pray with anyone tonight. You're watching online. Send me a, a message. Reach out to me. I'd love to pray with you. Let's let God have His way and let's experience the victory and the potential that God has for us tonight as we look to Him. Donna, would you lead us? I just wonder tonight, have you suffered defeat after defeat after defeat? There's something that has been eating your lunch. All, just like the Midianites were, were, were just taking and helping themselves uh, to the, the, the people of God and bringing suffering on. Has there been something that's been eating your lunch? Would you release it tonight and say, Lord, the creator of all the world, the same God that was with Gideon, Lord, I trust you and I surrender to you. Would you do that tonight? Boy, there's some things in my life that I have released and given over to the Lord and I want victory I don't know about you but I want victory and God is able tonight well we'll trust him and surrender to him so Donna is going to lead us in, in another verse I hope you'll come tonight I hope you the altar is open let's have victory tonight in Jesus name let's do that for his glory surrendering to the Lord seeking the Lord and experiencing victory the power of God that told Gideon one man you can do it that same power is available to us. Would you come? Let's sing that last verse together where sin hath no more dominion. Let's go back and sing that. Let's make this our closing prayer tonight. Let's sing that together. Through death into life everlasting. Through death into life everlasting. He passed and we followed him there. Over us in the war has dominion. God, listen to your voice. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace. 
amen. To God be the glory. I hope you have a wonderful week and looking forward to seeing our young at heart on Tuesday. And then, of course, prayer meeting on Wednesday night. I hope you'll be able to be here. God bless you.